Hello, I'm Emily Grace, and welcome to the Stages podcast of Bernstein Private Wealth Management. Life throws lots of stuff at you. We're here to talk about it. Having helped families prioritize what makes money meaningful for them and then invest for that purpose for close to 20 years now, I've seen people through many markets and many life events. And while every market is different, what remains constant is the need for guidance and advice through all the uncertainty. I feel lucky to be able to help people navigate these markets and to be able to introduce them to some of the smartest investment minds and experts in other fields, whatever the stage in their life. If you or someone you know would like my advice or an introduction to my guest, you can reach me at emily.grace at bernstein.com. Today, I've invited Michelle Tabak of Custom Care Concierge to join me on stage. While Michelle's background is in finance, working with institutions and wealthy families, she and her partner saw an additional need to be filled, and Custom Care Concierge was born. Michelle, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Emily. I'm delighted to be here, and I would love to tell you a little bit more about Custom Care Concierge. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. So at the heart of Custom Care Concierge, we deliver best-in-class personal lifestyle services to our clients and their families. What does that mean? So wealthy individuals and families typically have very busy both business and personal lives. And on the personal side, uh, they have many people helping them typically uh, deliver on whatever their needs are from a personal lifestyle perspective. So would that be like a nanny, a chef, a housekeeper? Absolutely. So we do anything and everything from high-end services such as luxury travel, private aviation, party planning, wardrobe consultation, to basics, grocery shopping, housekeeping, pet care, plant care, bill pay, nannies, um, electricians, plumbing, etc. And our value proposition is we each client has what we call a personal concierge. Think of it as a relationship manager into your personal life. And they're responsible for getting to know you, your family, your preferences, your likes, your dislikes and putting together a customized plan to meet your specific needs. Okay. And so so you'd work with that one sort of relationship manager, the concierge, and then are they the one booking your travel? Are they the so one that's a great planning question. your party? Yes, that's a great question. So the way we work is the personal concierge, who's an employee of our firm, insured, vetted, and bonded, they're responsible for really being that relationship manager, being the go-to person, no different than in your business, Emily, you being the relationship manager for for the financial aspect of their lives. Um, They put together a plan, which is an evolving plan because people's lives change, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, annually, et cetera. They are capable of doing basic tasks. For example, they can go grocery shopping, they can pay your bills, they can water your plants, they could go to CVS where you need a true professional, you need a travel concierge, you need an electrician, you need a plumber. We have strategic relationships with vendors whom we vet intensively. How do you find them? Um, Typically, they are companies that we know either through referrals or through personal relationships. Um, We spend time with them making sure that not only are they best in class at what they do, and that's, you know, via... Um, a due diligence process that we've set up. But equally important is that they emulate our client's service model. 
although they are not employees of our firm, they are a direct reflection on us. Of course. And we expect that they treat our clients as we treat the client. Okay. And so you'll, you'll vet them, you'll find them, and the concierge will do basic services, but then make introductions. So the way it works is we, um, we decide who, which vendors we'd like to put on our platform, and then we have a legal agreement with them that states that they will perform whatever service they perform. Um, they, if it's an in-home service, they will leave the premises clean and tidy as they found it. Um, they will provide the client with an estimate of the services, and at the end of the service, when uh, they've performed it to client satisfaction, we typically will pay them with the client's credit card that's on file. Okay. Um, and the way we interact with the vendor is really very contingent upon how the client would like us to interact. So, you know, in different situations, some clients, um, most clients want us to be at the first meeting okay. just to really set the table and make sure that expectations are being met. Most clients, once they meet with the vendor and they're comfortable, they don't really need us to be involved. But clearly, whenever they want us to be involved, we're there for right. them. You're happy to step right. in. And how often are you adding vendors to the platform or removing vendors? So or? that's a great question. So initially, we launched about two years ago. Yes. Initially, we, I personally and my partner spent a lot of time meeting with vendors. Um, typically, now that we're two years into it, I would say um, not as frequently. And we're very selective. Uh, it's not a science, but we try to make it as much of a science as we can. And we're very keen to only have a handful of vendors per category because two reasons. A, we really want to develop strategic relationships with them. And it's also hard to manage many, many vendors per category. Um, and we, like I said, we want to build these relationships so that we have a handful of go-to vendors. Okay. And do you typically find that when you're introducing a client to a vendor? Are you introducing them to more than one? Or do you feel like you get a good enough sense of who the client is that you're saying, here's the vendor that you're going to want to work with? So we do a lot of due diligence. Um, and I guess in God, your what line, a time savings. Yes, absolutely. We spend a lot of uh, time with our clients up front when we onboard them. Yes. And I know from my banking days, we do a lot <laughs> of KYC. Yes. So that like I said, it's not a science, but typically if a client comes to us, as an example, they want to plan a charitable event. Okay. We know the client pretty well, and we can say, you know, we think X planner will be most suitable for you. Now, there are situations where the person wasn't, and we'll switch it up. But I think for the most part, we have a pretty good handle on our vendors as well as our client base, and I think we do a very good job of matching vendors with clients. That's fantastic. I mean, what what ends up being the most common request that you're getting from clients? It really depends um, on really the age group, yeah. the generation that we're dealing with, um, which brings me to another point. I'll just segue yeah. into this. You know, our services really cross all generations. We have elderly people. We have baby boomers. We have Gen X. We have Gen Y. I would say for the older generation, I'm going to say 70 plus, they're basic services, um, you know, housekeeping, bill pay, shopping. And obviously, I'm generalizing. Yes. Uh, but typically, that generation, that's what they – and they also want a lot of face-to-face -face with us, someone okay. to talk to, someone to really walk through things with. I would say with the baby boomers, because they're caught in between multiple generations, they're either asking us to help them with children, grandchildren, or parents – with a lot of basics. With someone else. <laughs> exactly. Or 
they're looking to kind of break away from it. So they look to us for the higher end services. I need to, you know, go away for 10 days uh, to the Maldives. They want to do like luxury um, items that make them feel like they're living their life. That they're really sort of taking care of themselves, Absolutely. not just focused on everyone else. Absolutely. Right. Because we certainly see that here in this business, right? That people are more apt to spend the time focused on others and forget about taking care of their own finances. And, you know, we need to sort of pull it back and say, listen, we need to, we need to focus on this. Absolutely. And that brings up another point. As I mentioned, I was a private banker for many years. And I think our clients ask a lot of us that is not necessarily and falls into our wheelhouse, But in order to really be a trusted advisor, we need to go the extra mile and figure out how we can be valuable to that client. Right, how you can really add add that extra something. Absolutely. So then, what's the craziest request that you've ever received? We actually participated in um, a family office conference at the Marriott here about a year and a half ago, and someone came over to us and asked us for a cattle ranch manager, I believe in Wisconsin. Okay. And that would not be something that's necessarily a service that we would have on our list, so to speak. But we do. Ha- we are focused on the New York metropolitan area for now with the longer-term goal of focusing on affluent cities in okay. the United States. So we don't have a presence in Wisconsin, but we do have relationships. Yes. Um, and we were able to connect this individual with two cattle ranch managers in the Midwest. And obviously he did his own due diligence. And we t- we weren't involved in the transaction. Right, it's but you were able to say of, here are exactly. two people who are worth interviewing. And Absolutely. These are, these are the two people in Wisconsin who can be helpful to you. Yes. Go forth and... Yes, absolutely. I talked to them. Okay, cattle ranch. And I have one other example of a client um, who is a widow. Yes. And, you know, having trouble trouble navigating her new life she's an elderly person loves ballroom dancing and wanted us to find her a very young partner to simply go ballroom dancing yes and we were able to do that for amongst other things that we do for her i think that's fantastic they say that as you age you should make younger friends yes right so she, she may be on to something now have you ever been asked to do something that you had to say no to well i will say that brings up a good point the two things that we unequivocally do not do is we do not dispense financial advice yes nor do we do anything medically related would you help them find the right people to help them with that or no you just say so typically what we do is we do work we do have a few strategic relationships with medical concierge companies okay so in that situation we would introduce them and then the medical concierge would really take it from there because of HIPAA and a lot right. of so it's not that you would say yeah somebody would come to you and say my daughter needs braces who's the orthodontist that we should be meeting with that's another interesting question. So the founder um, is what I would call a serial entrepreneur. Yes. But he is a he is a doctor by trade. Okay. So he has an extensive network of medical professionals. And just as a courtesy, if someone came to us with that request, he would have two to three people that we could just hand them over. Right. And obviously we wouldn't we would not be incentivized or anything like that. Yes. But he has that network. And on the financial advisory side, which obviously is relevant here, what we typically do is we do obviously have a relationship with wealth advisory firms. Yes. 
Um, and I've narrowed it down to two to three firms. Yes. And typically what I do, if someone asks that question of me, I will give them two to three names. Yes. And then they really have to do their own due diligence because we don't want to be conflicted in any way. Would you sit with them to ask the questions or no? You really sort of pass it along. We'd rather not yes. only because I feel, given my background, it's a little bit of a conflict of interest. Yes. Um, having said that, it really depends on the situation and what the questions are. If they're generic in nature, I'm more than happy to answer the question. Right, but if it's very detailed, it. you know, asset allocation, et cetera, yes. I'd rather defer. Right, to the professional who, exactly. who's doing that today. Exactly. So I guess it begs the question, how much time are you spending with most of your clients? So my role is client acquisition and client retention. Yes. Um, and as we evolve as a company, I want to focus more on client acquisition. Yes. Having said that, um, in the first number of years, I have taken on a few clients yes. because I think it's important to be able to really understand and execute, you know, talk the talk, walk the walk. And as we evolve and as we grow as a company, I expect to not handle many clients, but really meet with professionals like yourself, yes. meet with prospective clients, and then really hand off the responsibilities to more of the team that to we more built. Of the, concierge, the actual exactly. concierge. And how much time does a concierge spend with a client? So typically, um, we are, for the most part, membership-based, and the membership enables our clients up to five hours a week okay. with the personal concierge. So that's approximately 24 hours a month. And that could be sort of an hour a day or yes. five hours in and one day. And it could day. be remote. It could be face-to-face. -face. You know, I led with we want to customize this to meet the client's needs. So some clients want to see us a lot. Others really want to just call us, email us, text us, and then we execute behind the scenes. I guess what would count towards those hours, right? If you're texting with your concierge and that takes you know, 10 or 15 minutes, does that sort of run the clock down? So we try not, we unequivocally do not nickel and dime our clients. Okay. You know, we have a system where we log in time, um, but we try to be very fair and reasonable. Yes. You know, we're looking to build long-term relationships. We're not taskmasters. Okay. So, of course, we log the time, but we're very reasonable. You know, if a client goes over 30 and 40 minutes a week, we're not going to bill them extra. Okay. Is there, can clients go over, right? What Absolutely. if a client said, you know, I need 10 hours this week? So then we, we have an additional fee okay. that we charge them. Of course, they can go over. Can they borrow or bank? I mean, I guess, I, they, could they say 10 hours this week and zero next week? Or does that start to get really difficult in managing the time of the concierge? It is a bit challenging, but if it's something that's really necessary for them, if they're traveling and they just, this is the right, way they've it They've got a really busy week. As long as then, we have some lead time on it, yes, we're very flexible. That you're able to, yes, to make absolutely. that work. Because I would imagine that there are different stages in people's lives where they might need more at certain points and Absolutely. less at others. Because yes. So let's talk different life stages, sure. right? You talked a little bit about sort of elderly and baby boomers and how they're using you and thinking about you. But how? what about like a family with young kids? Can you give me sort of an example sure. of, of sure. how you'd work with someone? So we, d we have several families with younger children and... The, the most important thing to these families is really straddling the business and personal life. And depending on what profession the individuals are, the couple is in, sometimes that poses a lot of challenges. So we kind of 
we're in between their, I would say, their personal assistant at work and their personal assistant at home. So that could be helping plan children's parties or making sure that their nanny and housekeeper are well-coordinated with the children so that if one calls in sick, there's backup. Or um, coordinating business meetings or coordinating business events yes. um, in the city, on Long Island, in Westchester. It really depends on the dynamics of the family. Right, what's needed and exactly. what's not. Exactly. And then when we think about with the young kids, do you ever end up doing things like with the young kids? So typically not. However, I can think of a handful of situations, as I mentioned before, where the nanny called in sick, the housekeeper had to leave at 4 o'clock, and one of my staff was at the house, and no one's going to leave a, a child 8-year-old and 3-year-old by themselves. Yes. So we stayed until, I think it was 6 or 7 o'clock, until one of the parents came home. Because, like I said, we're looking to build relationships. Yes. We're never going to do anything inappropriate. Right. Um, but we want, our goal is to really fulfill the client's needs to the best of our ability. That's, that's terrific. It sounds very helpful. What about once the kids start to get older, right? So you've got sort of a family with kids in their you know, teens, 20s, yes. something like that. Then... What, how does that tend to work, or what does that shift look like? It typically, you know, children, you know, teenage children are pretty independent. Yes. Um, and sometimes we're asked to supervise them, which can prove very challenging. So we try to sit down Sounds with the dangerous. parents. <laughs> yes. We try to sit down with the parents and really break it down, you know, what we're capable of doing given the professional relationship versus things that are kind of on the border. And I think as long as we communicate, as I mentioned, we spend a lot of time with our clients up front and throughout the process. Um, I feel like we do a very good job of setting those boundaries so that the expectations of the client are met. Does that make sense? Yes, and I could see it getting a little messy as the kids get older from the sense of who is the client. What I mean by that is if it's a family of five, Right, you've got the parents and three teenage kids. Who, who does the concierge take instruction from or take right. requests from? How does that work? So at the end of the day, and you bring up an inter- interesting point, at the end of the day, the parents are the clients. The two parents so are the both clients. Both of the parents count as clients. Yes, yes. Okay. So typically we view a client as the two people responsible for whatever the family structure is. So we have some situations where there's a grandparent who has tasked us with taking care of children and grandchildren. Okay. Other situations, it's the parent with the, let's say, teenage children. But we really take instruction from the adults. Would you have, would you work with a multi-generational, sort of like grandparents, parents, and kids as one relationship five hours a week? Or would that end up being sort of two different relationships? It would be one, but just not even knowing any specifics, that many that amount of people would at least require 10 hours a week. Okay. So, you know, like I said, we're, we're happy to just focus on one client unit, but realistically speaking, that comes with a lot of different tasks and responsibilities. Right, that comes with extra time. But it would be one fee, theoretically. Yes. But the logistics of it are that there, it would be it more time. It would require more hours Absolutely. than that five hours. Absolutely. In the, in the week. Now, 
when you think about, right, so the family would probably be disappointed if they signed up for just the five and then, you know, needed more, right? Like if they, if they hadn't thought that out ahead of time. And that gets me to sort of like what relationships do not work out? Well, let me, let me ask, let me answer the first part of that question. Okay. We do spend a lot of time up front and I think we can pretty much at the onset recognize that it's not going to be a five-hour week relationship. Yes. I'll, I'll tell you a very good example. I met with um, a family office on the Upper East Side about a month or so ago and met with them, had a two-hour meeting. They laid out everything that they needed. And what they really needed was a full-time person okay. on staff on their payroll. And I was very upfront with them. I told them you know, what we're able to do. Um, and I said that I, we could do it with multiple people, but it really sounds like you need a full-time employee. Yes, and so so you're able to sort of help them think through that, that maybe this wasn't the right match exactly in this instance, right? Because what questions are you asking in that upfront period? Like, how are you determining what they're going to need? So it's really they lay out their family structure. Uh, most of our families and individuals have existing help, which is a very good point. So they usually have you know anywhere between five to I don't know, 20 plus people on staff, depending on the size and the wealth of the family. Yes. We are looking to complement what they already have. We're not looking to take people out of their positions. We just find that a lot of families like these have a lot of gaps and we're trying to fill those gaps. So one of our slogans is we're there when you need us and we go away when you don't. So we're not full-time employees on your staff. We're looking to complement what you don't have. Do you meet with the staff ever when you're doing the initial intake interviews? Um, not initially, typically, because a lot of times the staff feel a little bit at odds with you. Yes. So they want to meet with us separately. And then once they're comfortable with hiring us, of course, we have to meet the staff because we need to coordinate with them. Right. You need to be able to figure out sort of right. who's doing what and right. make clear that you're not there to clean the house or tend exactly. the children or exactly. plan the party or the Nor are we looking vacation. to take them out of their position. Yes. We're looking to work with them. Um, and to answer your question, who wouldn't be a good client? So we talk a lot about this. So the two attributes that you have to have in order to even consider us is two things. The wealth factor. Yes. And the desire to outsource these services. And what does that mean? That means a lot Not a of control freak. Exactly. So a lot of individuals love to micromanage yes. their personal and business lives. That would not be a good match. Our value proposition is that we take care of all this, these tasks and responsibilities so that you can enjoy your life. You can pursue your passions, your businesses, your whatever it is that makes you happy. So for someone who wants to micromanage their life, that just wouldn't be a good fit. And I suppose there might be some instances where they really like to micromanage, but other where, others where they're really willing to give up the reins. Yes. And so they might say, it's important to me that I squeeze the produce, but I do not care at all about how the party looks. And Absolutely. And so they would really sort of talk with you about what they want to do versus where they want you to step in. Right. Absolutely. And, and that brings up a good point. We're different things to different people. Some individuals want us to handle the micro minutiae of their life. Yes. Others really want to focus on the higher end services, as, as I mentioned earlier, because they want to just 
delegate or outsource that so that they know they have the best party or the best travel arrangements that they can possibly get. While others don't want to deal with, you know, their charitable contributions, gathering all the information, recording it, et cetera. Right. So that's where you guys will step in. Absolutely. We'll do that for you. So then in one word, what's the benefit of working with a concierge service? Because time is precious. Because time is precious. God, there are no truer words. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's fantastic. And, and just to elaborate, I know you said one word, but I'm going to elaborate. Of course. Um, the one thing that we can't buy or acquire is time. So we give our clients the time to focus in on whatever it is that they would like to focus in on, and we focus in on the details. Right, that you can really be there for making sure that things get done while they're attending the class play. Have you ever been asked to attend a play or do some sort of parent-type responsibility? We have been asked to accompany children to events, but not necessarily to stay at the event. Okay. So to take a taxi to the event or to walk them, et cetera. Right. So it's really people who are looking for you to sort of take on some of the more day-to-day, Correct. maybe mundane tasks that, that don't spark joy. Exactly. Homework is a good example. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Will you help help with homework? Um, If the concierge is qualified to do so, absolutely. And I suppose you could find tutors. Yeah, I mean, ideally, like I said, we want to delegate the professional work to the professionals. Yes. Um, However, in situations where a client is in a crunch, you know, we had a situation once where the tutor didn't show up. Yes. And... One of our concierges is well-educated and easily can help with homework, yes. so she helped. That's not so something is. that we normally do, but it was in a pinch, and we did it. I can pinch it. That's fantastic. Well, Michelle Tabak of Custom Care Concierge, thank you for joining me today. You've provided us with such important information, and information really does help us plan. At the end of the day, planning for all the stages in life is crucial. If you'd like to speak with me, you can reach me at emily.grace at bernstein.com. And if you're interested in connecting with Michelle, you can go to www.customcareconcierge.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day.